handheld device. Very good. Well, Father Daniel is away with family on vacation, so I get a chance to do this, which uh, I've done a few times. Uh, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina last week in a at, uh, parish there. Uh, so, gosh, two, two Sundays in a row preaching. What a joy. Somebody, probably somebody famous and a comedian of some sort, uh, Wiseacre, uh, once said, I love humanity. It's people I can't stand. And uh, I don't know, you may have had those days where you feel kind of good about the race in general, but it's just these individuals who were such a bother and such a problem. Christianity, Orthodox Christianity, is not just a belief about God or a particular set of beliefs about God. It is equally, and I underline this, it is equally uh, a belief about human beings. There are versions of Christianity, especially in our modern world, where people sort of major in uh, individualized understandings. That somebody says, I don't really need the church. I got Jesus, I got my Bible, that's all I need. And I'm thinking, that's really good, you ought to try reading it. Um, it talks about the church. I also hear people will say disparaging things about the church that that's a human institution. This was not our idea. We did not come up with this. The church was not invented by human beings. It was the gift of God. And I oftentimes thought it was, I say this the right way, but it was God's great joke on us. Uh, Jesus comes, he teaches, he dies, he's crucified, dead, risen, ascends into heaven, and leaves us in the hand, hands of 12 fishermen who can't even agree with each other. And you know, from the beginning, they argue. I tell people, try to be clear about this. When you become an Orthodox Christian, you are leaping into a 2,000-year family squabble. I mean, all the letters in the New Testament, with New Testament, with very few exceptions, are written to churches with problems. Apparently, we don't have them in any other way, shape, or form. I've never known of church or a parish without problems. That's how we come. You know, and Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. He gave us his teachings. He poured the Holy Spirit upon us and then loosed us upon one another. Uh, and it's in this furnace of the church, truly in the fire of the Holy Spirit, as we battle and deal with our passions. And there ain't nothing in the world uh, better to bring out your passions than another human being. I mean, that's kind of, they mash your buttons. Uh, I don't know about you, but my family of origin, most of whom have gone on now, but they were my best button mashers. It just took almost nothing. You know, I kind of, my phone rings now, and I look at the phone ID, and it's one of my brothers, and I kind of hesitate and think, do I want to take that call or not? You know, maybe, maybe not. Depends on my mood. Uh, and there are certain topics we will not discuss. Religion, politics, um, you know, and I can't even say how about them Vols. Uh, they, they're, they pull for South Carolina teams, and that's just life how it goes. So we, we discuss food, uh, other sorts of things. We mash each other's button. 
But this is not an accident. This is not, well, what can you do? It's human institutions and we just invent these things. Then people try to cop out on it and say, I don't need this. I don't need these people with all their problems and stuff they do and ways they betray Christ and betray one another. I just need Jesus and that's it. I'm just sorry. Jesus is a package deal. Jesus comes complete with brothers and sisters. You cannot have a relationship with the head of the body and ignore the feet, dirty as they may be. You cannot ignore the feet, the hands, the nose, the ears, the, the rest of the body. That's who we are. Today, we celebrate the Feast of All Saints. I told folks yesterday when I was doing uh, my talk on my book that uh, yesterday was Orthodox Halloween. So I hope you all brought lots of candy today. Uh, but uh, Halloween, as in today, is our All Saints Day. Um, so in All Saints Day, we celebrate, if you will, the best of us, the ones we know. Uh, the vast majority of all the saints through the ages are hidden, uh, at least hidden from us and known to God. And in All Saints Day, which is nice that we have the Feast of All Saints, we can commemorate them, those known only to God as well as those that have been made known to us. But this is, the church is, is God's instrument of salvation. It's how he does this in, it, in us. And it isn't done because the life of the church is so perfect. And America is a place that loves competition. Uh, and so, and, and you get this, you know, so many of us who have struggled and come to conclusions and converted to orthodoxy, Part of that struggle is a, a competition we get involved in of comparative denominationalism. And, and I see this especially. People get, become Orthodox, get excited, and they go on the Internet to basically say, my church is better than yours. And, you know, and they have great fights about that and uh, you know, enjoy that. It's, it's uh, I think, well... Orthodoxy has been given to us by God. It is the fullness of the truth. But if you read our history, you won't brag. In fact, not only if you read our history, you won't brag. If you just read our present news clippings, you won't brag. I have a news setting for my uh, internet sort of stuff, and one of them is Orthodox Church. And when stories come up, we usually just kind of... First off, because the secular press doesn't know how to talk about us, and they usually get it wrong, but also, like everything else, they don't just sort they don't write stories about how wonderful we are. You know, they, they write stories every time we stub our toe or a patriarch misbehaves or we have fights and stuff with one another. And I think, thank God for church history. Because you can go back and read it and you you can find any number of centuries uh, that were worse than ours, and we got through them. We got through them. We have no ideal century. Uh, there's no ideal time. Oh, if we were only in Holy Mother Russia, you ought to read some Holy Mother Russia history and you won't say that. Uh, or if only we were in Holy Byzantium, you ought to read some Holy Byzantium history and you won't say that either. It's messy, which is how you know you have come home. Okay? God knows who we are and he has brought us in together with our mess. And he loves us. He loves us. This is not, oh, we're messing it up. He knew what he was doing. I mean, 
Take a look at the 12 apostles. You've got two of them that are asking for favors that when it's all said and done, and this is behind everybody else's back. It was that James and John come to Jesus. Lord, would you grant one of us to sit on your right hand and the other on your left? And can you see Peter far away from us? He's obnoxious and we hated being in that fishing business with him anyway. I mean, who knows what all that is, but it said then the others heard it and they were indignant. I guess so. But, you know, this is a story told about James and John towards the end of Christ's ministry. They've been doing this for three years and they're still doing like self-seeking things. When I get in the kingdom, I want, you know, I want to sit in the best place. Jesus tells them it's not for me to give it to you, but those for whom it's prepared. Oh, exciting, exciting times. You know, we want these things. That's who they were. You know, Peter denying him and on and on. Thomas doubting him. And, you know, that's how you know you're home. We are like them. And this is the stuff, the mess out of which God forms and shapes saints. I think one of the things happens when we're examining our own lives. I don't know about you. If you're reading the lives of the saints, they're wonderful. They're special. Some of them, you know, levitate. Some of them walk on the water. Uh, some of them, their hands burst into flames and it's all great and it's marvelous. I love reading the stories. They're wonderful. Um, and then you take a look at yourself and you think, I'm not making any progress at all. Now, now I've tried to tell people there's no such thing as moral progress. Quit thinking like that. Part of it is, is that you, you, you don't become better by looking at yourself. You, that'll, all you'll get with that is a running commentary from Satan telling you all about yourself. He's an expert on you. But he just he has it all wrong. He'll whisper evil things in your ear and just grind you into the dust where God is shouting to us, I love you, I love you, I love you. We confess our sins and he says, I love you. Lord, I'm not making any progress. I love you. Consistently, he loves us. There is, last Sunday we had the gospel of pouring out of the Holy Spirit on the church. Uh, nothing has changed about that. God is continuing to pour out the Holy Spirit on the church, on all creation. And I, when I walk out, when I look out my windows, my house is surrounded with trees, and I look at it, I think, there's grace. You know, the grass won't grow, the trees won't grow, the creation itself won't even exist except by the grace of God. To have doubt the existence of God, just look. It's the proof is everywhere that we exist in him. We live and move and have our being. He sustains us. He's not only sustaining us, but he has poured his grace on us and is at work forming and shaping you into a saint. It's just happening. It's happening. There's a wonderful uh, image in the book of wisdom in the Old Testament. Uh, we read it uh, very often uh, with certain saints, but it talks about uh, there that they've gathered together sort of after death and there it talks about the fire burning through them uh, through the stubble and it's sort of it, Paul uses the same image in Corinthians where he'll talk about uh, those works that we've done that are hay, wood and stubble just being burned up by the fire uh, in the presence of God and then those things that we have done that are gold, silver and precious stones 
being purified and, and revealed. This work is actually already beginning. Uh, I don't know about you. Well, I do know about you. Uh, I know a lot about you. I hear confessions too. You know, what's going on? You, know, you, you don't realize it. You're going into confession and you've got struggles about it. It is the fire of God burning in you, refining you. He is just, just turning the hay, wood, and stubble into crispy ashes as you go in and pour out your sins before God. And the stole is placed on your head and the priest is praying and it's magnifying the gold, silver, and precious stones. So when you're stumbling, uh, you know, and bumping into relationships and bumping into people, bumping into situations, uh, these are not meant for your destruction. These are not meant to uh, ruin your day. All of these things is, is the... The three young men in the fiery furnace said, uh, or no, said, sorry, Joseph, the patriarch said to his brothers, you meant it to me for evil, the Lord meant it to me for good. I mean, our adversary means all of these things for evil against us. The world looks at us and thinks out all these things for evil, and it's not so. God means these things to us for good. So when you look, if you pick up a newspaper and you're suddenly despairing about some orthodox fight in the other corner of the world, you know, and it's embarrassing. I don't like reading that stuff. It kind of provokes my shame. But I look at it and I think, Jesus, you still love your church. You love us so much that you're still smacking us together. Uh, you're rubbing off the rough edges and making our way smooth. This is what uh, the process of salvation looks like. The world thinks salvation looks like, you know, a gathering of champions, you know, and uh, a gathering of perfect people. If it were so, we wouldn't have let you in or me. We, the church is not the assembly of the perfected. It's the assembly of those who were being perfected and will not see that perfection until it's over. God, on his, in his mercy, gives us these very visible examples of saints, just so that I think, because, so that we won't lose heart. I mean, you read some stories of the saints, like St. Say, say Moses, uh, the Ethiopian. And he was a murderer, he was a thief, he did a lot of bad things, you know, and he winds up as a desert father, which kind of gives you courage that there's possibly room for you. Okay? You traffic speeder, you know, you, you know, blaspheme other drivers, uh, you know, whatever it is, it, you know, it, these things that we struggle with. But it, all of these things are for our salvation. All of these things are examples of where God is working in our lives. This, this, is, this is important. This is what the example the saints teach us. Not, oh my goodness, they made A's and they went to the head of the class and I'm sitting here in the back with a dunce cap on. Now, the saints are examples again and again and again uh, of lives that were broken, lives that were like mine and yours, that God lifted up even through, even through the things they suffered and made them into saints. So, uh, I'm glad to be gathered together today with all saints, even if you don't look like it yet. Uh, so you're, you're headed there. I know that I'm on a journey uh, with others. 
who have, we reach back through the ages and all of us as God is gathering us together into one. And so uh, to him we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, through the prayers of our Holy Fathers, of Lord Jesus Christ our God, have mercy on us and save us. Amen.